0: Good morning. Let's start together today with prayer. Join me if you will. God, I thank you so much today for the family of God. For the chance to be together, people we love. We thank you for this place that we can come to. We can worship together and be taught the word of God. We pray that you would use this time in our lives to equip us, to encourage us, Most of all, we pray that you would be glorified in this day. As we gather, may all that we do bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus. We ask it in his precious name. Amen. heaven on earth. What does that mean to you? Switzerland is the self-proclaimed location of heaven on earth because of its natural beauty and quality of life. There are songs by that title, restaurants even, books, a beauty salon. To some, heaven on earth might mean when you ex- what you experience when you bite into a good piece of chocolate. Many of us can think of mission trips, events, or services that we've been a part of that for us were taste of heaven. I actually thought of the idea for this sermon just over a month ago. When I heard Pastor Gibb, right up here, describing the experience of being a part of the Royal Family Kids Camp ministry team. He described what a blessing it was to serve at camp together with the group of purple-shirted volunteers behind him. As he described the blessings of serving together, he said that when they go to camp and serve, worship just be together, it makes him ask, and I think I'm quoting here, why can't the rest of life be like this? And he, as he asked that question, most of the purple-shirted volunteers nodded their heads in agreement behind him. Let's consider that question. Why can't the rest of life be like this? It sounds like we're assuming that it can't. Or as a better question, how can the rest of life be more like heaven? In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus prayed these memorable words. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Mark one fifteen, Jesus says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Most of you will remember just a couple of weeks ago, Dave Shoemaker in his sermon from Ephesians 2 touched on the subject of the kingdom of God. And more specifically, how there is a present and a future aspect to the kingdom of God. As Dave put it, the now and the not yet. This understanding of the kingdom of God says that there are aspects of the kingdom of God that we can experience right now on earth and other aspects that we will experience later or maybe just more fully when we get to heaven. You might even think of it like you think about spring in Michigan. On March 20th, 2023, it will be publicly proclaimed that spring has begun in Michigan. At that point, you could rightly say that spring is now. Until, of course, you step outside (laughs) and experience what will more likely be cold and even snow than warm temperatures and budding flowers. The official inauguration of spring will have begun, and certain aspects of it may be experienced, but it will only be experienced fully in the future. Hopefully, before summer begins. Our text for today is found in Luke 17, verses 20 and 21. Jesus says, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So the question we want to answer today is what does it mean that the kingdom of God is in the midst of us? What does it mean that the kingdom of God is now? I want to suggest five implications of what it means for us as believers that the kingdom of God is now. Now let me be very clear. This is a topical sermon that doesn't have any exhaustive list at all. My five are just five that I see as significant for us as believers. Here they are. Number one, we are the physical manifestation of Christ to the world. Number two, our worldview is diametrically opposed to the worldview of unbelievers. Number three, we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit for righteous living and ministry. Number four, the family of God is our most important family. And number five, worship on earth is a picture of heavenly worship before the throne. So diving in, number one, we are the physical manifestation of Christ, the body of Christ to the world. In the year 1630, John Winthrop preached a sermon on the deck of his ship, the Arbella, to a small group of pilgrims off the coast of Massachusetts, challenging them about what lay before them in this new country. Here's a snippet of what he said. For we must consider. That we shall be as a city upon a hill. The eyes of all people are upon us. So that if we shall deal falsely with our God in this work we have undertaken. And so cause him to withdraw his present help from us. We shall be made a story and a byword through the world. We shall open the mouths of enemies to speak evil of the ways of God, and all professors for God's sake, we shall shame the faces of many of God's worthy servants. All too often in our day, the name of Christ has been shamed by both disobedient sheep, and wolves in sheep's clothing. I believe that is a significant factor in why Christianity has become a byword in the lives of many in our world today. All too often it's been we who have opened the mouths of others to speak evil of the ways of God. Second Corinthians chapter two, verses 14 through 16 says, But thanks be to God who in Christ leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You've heard lots of talk about our trips to Butler, Pennsylvania. Which we've been doing in connection with Fishbone Ministries for many, many years. And One of the things that makes me most proud of our group. As we've continued this ministry over the years. Is the fact that the people there in the community. They're always asking the fishbone workers. When's Michigan coming back? They look forward to our coming. We are a fragrant aroma of Christ to them. At the same time, I would think, and in fact even hope, that there's another group of people there that might not like that we keep coming back. Our aroma may be A little different to those who are perishing. But if the kingdom is now. Then there are many who are missing out on the blessings of being a part of the kingdom. God has us here as his ambassadors. Another familiar passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 16 through 20. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Let's pause there for a moment. Do you understand what it means to regard no one according to the flesh? Another version says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. LeBron James, Bill Gates, Michelle Obama, Tom Brady, some of the most successful and admired people in the world from a human point of view, but from a kingdom viewpoint, they are lost. Without Christ. Back to our text. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The last line of the song, I don't know if you're familiar with it, Oh, come to the altar by Elevation Worship is gripping to me. Bear your cross as you wait for the crown. Tell the world of the treasure you found. We hear in that line the anticipation of the not yet. As you wait for the crown. As well as the commission of the now. Tell the world of the treasure you found. As ambassadors for Christ, we use this time between the now and the not yet to call others to come see the treasure we've found. This should be one of the primary purposes of our lives in the kingdom that is now. A second implication of the kingdom is now is that our worldview is diametrically opposed to the worldview of unbelievers. Jesus told us to seek first the kingdom of God. Just this month, renowned author Frederick Bushner went to see Jesus face to face. He may have summed up this worldview difference best when he said this. If the world is sane, then Jesus is mad as a hatter. And the Last Supper is the mad tea party. The world says, mind your own business. And Jesus says, there's no such thing as your own business. The world says, follow the wisest course and be a, be a success. And Jesus says, follow me and be crucified. The world says, drive carefully. The life you save may be your own. Jesus says, whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. The world says, get. And Jesus says, give. In terms of the world's sanity, Jesus is crazy as a coot, and anybody who thinks he can follow him without being a little crazy too is laboring less under a cross than under a delusion. In Matthew 13, in the parable of the wheat and the tares, or the weeds, Jesus teaches that the kingdom of heaven exists alongside the sons of the devil during this age verse 30 says let both let both grow together until the harvest and at harvest time i will tell the reapers gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned but gather the wheat into my barn in the now the two kingdoms of god and that of the devil exist side by side. That means frustration and even persecution at times. But in the not yet, there's victory and judgment. Abortion, sexuality, identity, Marriage, recreational drug use. These are some of the hot button issues that starkly divide the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. As believers, we're not called to rejoice in or overemphasize that division. But we are called to hold firmly to what God teaches in his word And to do our best to winsomely communicate eternal truth to a world that will likely not want to hear what we have to say. The third implication of the kingdom of God being now is that we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit for righteous living and ministry. Too often, believers fail to access the incredible power that is available to them through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us. In Luke chapter 10, verses 8 and 9, Jesus makes it clear that a sign of the kingdom coming is that people will be healed in Jesus' name. It says, whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you, Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. It's very possible that some in this room get very uncomfortable when I start talking about healing ministry. So let me be clear. I believe that God still heals today through the power of the Holy Spirit and answered prayer. But in our time between the now and the not yet of the kingdom, Christians must hold the tension that the kingdom of God has been inaugurated. And as such, God may choose to heal now, but we have no guarantee that he will. We need to be careful of teachers who take kingdom is now teaching too far. Prosperity gospel and name it, claim it teaching are two examples of this. Beware of insisting that God demonstrate dimensions of the kingdom now, which he has reserved for the not yet. You can't forget about the not yet. The Holy Spirit is actively working, building the kingdom of God today. Acts 1 tells us he gives us power to witness. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The Spirit is guiding us into truth, John 16.13. He's helping us, John 14.16 reminding us of what God has said John 14:26 convicting us of sin John 16:8 encouraging us Acts 9:31 is he doing those things for you if not it's likely because you are not accessing the greatest gift that God has given you, his spirit. Or worse yet, I'd remind you that only true believers have the gift of the spirit. Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, and every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit by faith, believing in Jesus, I'd love to talk to you about that after the service. I'll be up front. Please come talk to me. But I want to finish up with a couple of quick points, the last two. The fourth implication I see of the kingdom is now is that the family of God is our most important family. You know, many of us come from great families, which we adore, and where most, if not all, of the members are believers. The good news for you is that the Bible indicates that you'll be able to love And know those family members in heaven. The not yet. Other of us come from broken families. Where many of the members are not believers. For both groups, the good news is that the family of God is our most important family. And you don't have to wait for the not yet to experience it. Our church's vision statement says, we aspire to be a gospel-centered family where everyone we encounter moves closer to Jesus every day. The family of God is a place of belonging. We want to invite you to join the family. Are you looking for entry points? How about September 11th? Got a big kickoff picnic happening. Really looking forward to that time with the family of God together. Food, fellowship, and fun. What more can you ask for, right? Are you looking to go deeper? Check out a life group a small church, a DG, a youth group. Through those types of interactions, you can find opportunities to connect with people that you can do life together with. If you engage with this church only in this service, then you are missing out. On a significant aspect of the kingdom of God, which is the family of God. I, for one, am so thankful for the family of God here at Midland Free. Amen. <laughs> one final implication of the kingdom is now is that our worship on earth is a picture of the heavenly worship before the throne of God. When I truly empty myself of my own desires and the distractions of this world and enter into the presence of God in worship... It can be almost otherworldly. At the risk of sounding holier than thou, I would challenge you that if you can't relate to that, then maybe there's another level of worship that you have not discovered and that God wants you to discover here in the Now. True worship leaves us wanting more. Wanting the not yet. As C.S. Lewis said, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, then the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. All right, let's wrap it up here. How many of you, by show of hands, have heard of Veruca Salt? Raise your hands if you know who Veruca Salt is. Veruca Salt. Not that many. You'll remember in a second. Veruca Salt was one of the characters from the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder. By the way, a much better movie than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp. In the original movie, Veruca wanted a golden goose that laid golden eggs. She sang a song in the movie. What was it titled? Anybody? I want it now. There are aspects of the kingdom of God that are still in the not yet. And as this crazy world spins out of control, I find myself at times thinking right along with Veruca. I want it now. I want the not yet But I remind myself and each of you today that Christ's kingdom impacts every area of living and is meant for life right now. We close with this quote from John Piper. He says, the kingdom really has arrived. Unprecedented fulfillments of God's purposes are in the offing. The king has come. The king has dealt with sin once for all in the sacrifice of himself. The king sits at the, right, at the father's right hand and reigns now until all his enemies are under his feet. The king's righteousness is now Already ours by faith. The king's spirit is now. Already dwelling in us. The king's holiness is now. Already being produced in us. The king's joy and peace. Have now already been given to us. The king's victory over Satan. Is now already ours. As we use the sword of the spirit. The word of God. The king's power to witness is now already available to us. And the king's gifts, the gifts of his spirit, are now already available for ministry. Join with me in prayer. Father God, I thank you for the kingdom that is now That we serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, though we live in a world that is just diametrically opposed to our kingdom's worldview, I thank you that despite that, you've given us so many ways That we can experience the kingdom right now. But we know that you have also given us. Responsibilities in that kingdom. And we pray. That even as we leave this place today. We would go out with the mindset of ambassadors for Christ. Help us, Lord, to represent you well in this world. Give us courage, boldness, wisdom to speak truth. And give us love for those that are lost. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.